everybody. This is Eric and Vivi. We're starting our first podcast titled Shaken, Not Scared. Every week, our plan is to talk about one movie and introduce a cocktail to go with it. Horror movie, to be specific. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to start with Halloween from 1978, directed by John Carpenter. Let's get started. First thing we'll do is introduce the cocktail that we're going to pair with this movie. (laughs) Sure. So Halloween, I went with the obvious choice of pumpkins. This is not my drink recipe. Actually, I found it on TikTok because that's where I spend all my time. The original TikTok person is Join Jules, if you guys want to actually look for her recipe. Essentially, it's a white Russian with pumpkin puree in it. So your typical recipe recipe for a Not while. 100% pure pumpkin? No, that'd be nasty, I imagine. It was a whole debacle at Jewel to find puree and not pure. <laughs> I don't know if there's a difference. The lady said there wasn't. Baking people would probably <laughs> tell us otherwise. One's French, one's English. <laughs> Love that. So I gave Eric the cocktail. He hasn't tried it yet. Why don't you go ahead and tell me what you think? Okay. To be clear from the start, I hate sweet drinks. And vodka. And vodka. And this has both. This has both. So we'll see. Mmm, it's amazing. You hate it. No, it's like super sweet. (laughs) Really? I actually thought it wasn't that sweet. I think it's hard to get to the actual drink because the rim is so like... I try to make it look nice. What do you call it? Sticky? Yes, it's caramel. It's pretty good though. I mean, it's not like horribly sweet. It was a non-sweet drinker. You know, it's fine. I will say it doesn't have a lot of pumpkin in it. No, I I did not get pumpkin at all. If you're going to make this, I would advise using more pumpkin puree than one scoop than I did. But (laughs) we're here. We tried it. (laughs) We can each rate it on a scale of one to five. One to five. All right. On the I hate sweet stuff scale, it's a three. Does that mean you hate it? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's five the worst and one is the best. Yeah. Nah, I guess five would be like it's good. So it's, you know, middle. It could be sweeter as in more of like a one. Sweetest would be a one. <laughs> so okay, a I don't think my scale is going to be that complicated. <laughs> it just tastes like a white Russian. So if that's your jam, mm. go for it. I Yeah, I guess I'd give it a three. There you go. See, I guess the sweetness has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Your scale's confusing, though. <laughs> I still don't know what you actually rated it. All right, we'll figure it out while we do these. Sounds good. I guess before, like, completely diving in, do you want to talk about why we're doing horror movies and why we got into this? You know, we have we just got married on Halloween. It was a full moon in Salem. In the middle of a pandemic. In the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, we, we love horror stuff, spooky stuff. We have our own marathons. We have a huge list of like 500 plus horror movies and counting. So, so we thought might as well make it into a podcast and watch it with you guys. Yeah. I guess a disclaimer would be we're not like huge film buffs. Oh, no. Super into the nitty gritty of this. We're just casually viewing because we love it and probably not making the most deep observations about this movie yeah we're just average people just trying our best to talk about them drink while talking about them and uh, enjoy them exactly and being scared by it or not or not being scared by it (laughs) so like you mentioned we're talking about the classic the year was 1978 1978 john carpenter's halloween it's a pretty iconic movie if you haven't seen it i guess a quick blurb for you Straight from Wikipedia. Mmm, the best. On a cold Halloween night in 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally murdered his 17-year-old sister, Judith. He was sentenced and locked away for 15 years, but on October 30, 1978, while being transferred for a court date, a 21-year-old Michael Myers steals a car and escapes Smith's Grove. He returns to his quiet hometown of Handenfield? Haddonfield? Haddonfield, <laughs> Illinois, where he looks for his next victim. Again, if you haven't seen the movie, 
I'm not sure what you're doing here. I mean, my first take, if you're 21 years old and the first thing you want to do is not drink and instead kill people. I mean, you've been locked away for 15 years. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So our plan here is to kind of take it scene by scene. We did take notes. We watched it right before this. I was kind of trying to cheat off of Vivi and see what she was writing down. Wasn't, <laughs> I've never been a really good note taker, so we'll see how different how our notes are. How different our notes are, yeah. Before we dive into discussing, though, I did want to bring up some fun facts that apparently a lot of people don't know about. You had one earlier. Jamie Lady Curtis is the daughter yeah. of the lady from the psycho scene from the shower. You mean the shower scene from Psycho? The psycho scene from the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was literally watching a documentary series before this, and I did not know that. Yeah, the actress from the iconic shower scene in Psycho is actually her mother. Hmm. Who's that actress? Yeah, that's a good question. We should look up her name. Well, I guess while I look that up, another fun fact is that that mask is actually modeled after Sir... uh, No. William Shatner, yes. (laughs) William Shatner. Is he a sir? I don't know. No. No? I think you're thinking of Sir Anthony Hopkins. Ah. Well, different movie. He's he'll be a sir in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's modeled after William Shatner's face. I was talking to some people recently, and they apparently didn't know that. Well, it was a super low-budget movie. Yeah. I think Jamie Lee Curtis even had to go buy her own clothes for the movie. It wasn't provided. When I say it was modeled after William Shatner, it's not that it was specifically like, hey, let's go find a face that looks like William Shatner. They had apparently gone to a costume shop and said, hey, look, it's Captain Kirk from Star Trek. And so that's the mask they used. It'll work. Yeah. <laughs> Psycho actress shower scene. Janet Leigh. I did not know her name. Yeah, Janet Leigh. All right, so shall we go into this scene by scene? Well, obviously, the first like few minutes of the movie is just the iconic song. That our dog did not appreciate. Oh no, he was growling at everything. Not the murder, just the song. Yeah, that takes about first couple minutes of the movie. And then my first observation is if this kid lives in this house, right? This mm-hmm. suburbia plane house, why is he creeping outside of his own place? Spying <laughs> on his sister like it's not well, he his went sister. Trick-or-treating, right? It's supposed to be on the night of Halloween. Fair enough. What I wasn't sure of later on, and maybe it's cleared up later, but I wasn't sure if it was his sister or his babysitter. Or both. I imagine your sister's babysitting you. If but if you're out trick-or-treating, is she babysitting you then? Or she took advantage of her out trick-or-treating by herself, call her boyfriend over. Which seems to be the prominent theme of this film. <laughs> call your boyfriend over because yeah. you're babysitting. Point of view I, I thought was interesting was that they add the creepy factor of you are the killer as the camera viewer, right? So like you're behind the mask you could even see like the mask holes in the shot and you're approaching the babysitter or sister and you're the one doing the kill on it's, it's pretty crazy if at this time it was newer to see slashers like this that you see yourself as the killer right away and you're thinking like oh man this is insane right i, I can see myself killing this person i don't think it is the first slasher it's definitely the one that like probably kicked this stuff off but i thought it was an homage to psycho mm-hmm. where you also kind of have the pov of the killer in the shower. And again, finding out later that that's actually her mom. I think that was pretty on the nose. Also, I want to point out the like two minute sex scene that like does not happen, but happens off screen yeah. where they go upstairs and by the it takes him like two minutes to get a knife <laughs> into the kitchen and then come back and the boyfriend's gone. You know, if this is, this is her little brother, he's a creeper. Like what makes you think I hate my sister for doing it, for doing it. 
I'm going to get the world's largest knife in the world <laughs> and just stab her with it. I, I'm not even kidding. That knife is huge. Yesterday you told me that you didn't think it was that big. But that thing, I mean, they even emphasize how large it is. In the well, scene. he's supposed to be a kid. It's bigger than the human, like the parents. <laughs> True. It pans out and there's that giant, almost one and a half foot knife. Look at it. It even gleams in the moonlight. I like the pan out <laughs> scene because it's like they told the actors be perfectly still. We're going to act like this is a freeze frame, but it's not really a freeze frame. We're just zooming out. Stay still. Also, kid, make sure that the knife shines at the camera. Yeah. For emphasis. That's all you need. So the next scene. There's uh, this whole scene about this doctor guy who's been chasing Mike around. And he's like, he got away. And I have this whole life's endeavor to just go catch him. Do they mention his name? I don't know. I was going to ask you because I'm really bad with names. So just FYI, if you start listening to our podcast and you're just listening to this to find out character names, I have absolutely no idea who anyone is ever. So Right. Well, I don't recall. We should probably look this up. But the doctor and the nurse are driving through and she's like, dude, like, why? Why are you like in this whole endeavor to go get him? And he's like, because he's evil. Evil. Capital E-V-I-L. Dr. Sam Loomis. Him and this nurse are transporting Michael. You don't know that at first. You think they're just talking about... Oh, he's in him. the car. He's in the car. You didn't oh. catch... He jumps out of the car and attacks no, the nurse I in, like, the next they, scene. I thought they showed up at the place, and then Michael jumps over the car to get in and drive away. No, he's in the back. They're transporting him. So then why does he get out and then in? He's in the back. Mm. A, like, kind of, like, similar to a police car. He jumps over. Mm. I thought he was just at the place that they showed up at. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. He was getting dropped off. Yes. Damn, extra quiet in the back seat. He's just vibing. Well, isn't that kind of his thing? He's just <laughs> extra quiet. Just vibing all the time. They're pulling up on the insane asylum, quote unquote, mm-hmm. the institution. And they just have people wandering outside. They're like, oh my God. The music starts and they're like. And it's like, creepy. Oh my God, mentally ill people. Yeah, that, that's afraid. where I was going with this. The notion of people who are mentally ill is just scary at this time. Yeah. In well, the 70s. When you think about it too, I mean, when you go to a haunted house, there's always this one section at least about mentally ill patients and uh you know people screaming in patient costumes you know i wonder if that's always just been a thing you know especially today i don't know if that sticks it's been a thing but it's man-made right like even if these people had mental illnesses they went crazier because they weren't cared for properly so right. it's kind of our fault <laughs> but it's interesting it gives you like a just like a hint of how people thought of the mentally ill, even like in the 70s. It's definitely not a good time for the way that for society thought of the mentally ill and everything. People are like, mentally ill patients, they didn't get their medicine, they're going to kill somebody. I mean, there's literally the, the one season of American Horror Story dedicated to that, the asylum, right? There's this notion that those people are scary and you should be afraid. And if they're not under control, watch your back because they could just go crazy at any moment. You have a killer who's got this kind of background of having either they assume he's mentally ill or he's just a crazy crazy person who's crazy in his own right i think they get into that later because i did make a note of it so i mean the doctor's not that great he's like he's just evil he doesn't have an illness he's just death itself right and it's <laughs> it's interesting now i guess with the fascination in serial killers he's straight up saying there isn't a thought behind those little eyes like he's just <laughs> crazy for crazy's sake and i don't feel like it's that black and white anymore now we're like well killers had these motives or these things yeah. happened to some them. sort of traumas but in the 70s you were just crazy 
That's yeah. it. A killer was just crazy and evil, and it's not that simple, mm-hmm. I think, anymore. There's that one remake that happened later on. I think it was the Rob Zombie recreation. Oh, I have not seen that one. And that one kind of goes into the deeper sense of, like, he is a child who has issues, and they go, you know, they meet with him with a social worker and, like, all this stuff. And so it kind of explores that a little more. This one's just, like, he's crazy. Yeah. Along with being evil for evil's sake, he's just naturally gifted in driving. And extra strong. Let's talk about how he's supposedly been locked up for 15 years and just knows how to get around already. <laughs> you pointed that out when we were watching. And there's a, a scene the, later the scene, on. The cop yeah. tells him, like, so he's just been locked up and suddenly knows how to drive. <laughs> like, they knew themselves this was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Once we get away from kind of his, like, backstory, we see the main character. Jamie Lee Curtis and her friend Lindsay and Annie. I think Annie's the other one. No, Lindsay's, Lindsay's the little girl. the kid they babysit. Annie, Lori, and Lin- Linda or something. I don't know. It's all L names. Yeah. Lori is the main character, though. We get into this, like, little happy shot of the neighborhood, going into this, watching it, knowing that Michael's... In this movie, there's an emphasis on wide shots throughout the entire scenes where, you know, you see the neighborhood, you see the the people walking, and you're almost like looking for Michael in all the scenes. I haven't seen this a couple times. You already know when he shows up, but... Mm -hmm. In later movies, they almost like make it a trope where it's like these wide shots. There's a tree in the background or a car in the background or whatever. And then I think in the second or I forgot which movie, there's literally a scene of Michael walking in the back and you can spot him. So you get like accustomed to having to see these shots and you're looking for him. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I think it is part of like what makes this film iconic. It's one of the first films to to do this. Do what? Wide shots? Wide shot like this in a horror Is it really? Environment. I believe so. I could be wrong. We could look it up, but <laughs> I think it is. Again, not promising we know anything. All we know is we know nothing. So I just wonder if Jamie Lee knew she was going to like do this project that was going to be so prominent in her entire life. Yeah, even to come back and uh, do the, to the, the last one, which we did see, which yeah. we can talk about in a later episode. But like, I, I think it's like one of her first, if not her first film, and it's went on to be a crazy franchise. I wonder if she gets royalties. Royalties, is that the word? I'm sure they do. I don't know. Yeah, or it's a contract where you're just like, nah, you get nothing. Um, I don't think she gets nothing. Otherwise, why would she keep coming back? Yeah, that's true. So there's this scene with the kid, and the kid is like annoying. You know, you get this shot of the Myers house, which they keep referring to. I think it's funny that there's always like this spook house. It even keeps on going even to this day, right? Yeah, like, I wrote that down. Like every neighborhood, everywhere you grew up, there's always that, the spook house. I wonder if it's playing into like childhood fables or childhood like, probably i mean you, you have know. like kids growing up in these neighborhoods full of people that all know each other and then you've got that one house that nobody knows who lives there weird. or it's an old man or it's like some creepy person but not even actually creepy just people don't know to go talk to them and they're just the kids are like oh man there's that old guy or there's that family that's so weird and the house looks like it's falling apart and i want to be the spook house the spook house i want to get a house and just nobody bother me because it's creepy we can paint it black like yeah. the house is in salem goals honestly goals <laughs> Yeah. They were going to say gold. Also gold. gold. Gold windows. Black house. Now it's just too much. People are going to want to know what's going to look there. like a pirate ship on land. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going for a different vibe. Next scene, we get that doctor again and. He's talking to, like, was it the local ward? Talk about obsession. I found this, like, very strange in the movie where the doctor is the police. He is the one obsessively looking for him and, like, <laughs> nobody else <laughs> believes him, right? When I used to work in the city, there was a doctor who would drive 
down the road I would work at, and he had a Lamborghini of a different color every day of the week. Did he hunt down serial killers? Uh, does it pay like that to get Lamborghinis? I don't Should, know. if he was working this hard to find Michael. <laughs> working this hard, but not finding him for a long time. So I actually never noticed in the scene where she's kind of sitting noticing something's weird for the first time and sitting in class. The lecture's about fate. The entire thing's about fate and how they can't escape it and... I was like, this is not subtle. No. Once you notice it, it's not subtle. But. Is it added? Is it like an added effect knowing that? Because I don't, I don't even know that it's ever actually cleared up here that he's related. So, no, it's not. And also there's people who just, you know, that comes up in the second movie. Like, mm-hmm. That's revealed in the second movie. And there's people who are like, that's bullshit. It's never implied in the first movie. He's just targeted her for whatever reason Mm -hmm. people felt it was like a cash grab to just give the character depth and run into the next movie did they know going into this first one that there was gonna be a sequel i don't think so because isn't the sequel season of the witch no that was the third one that's the third one which is its own we'll also talk about that (laughs) one which is not we'll have to trudge through it just because it's not no (laughs) anyway we'll talk about it then If they didn't know there was going to be a second one, then why would there be a reason to put some depth into him? So what I want to point out that's different about this movie is the immediate introduction of the villain. You immediately see who the bad guy is, and it's obvious. I feel like (laughs) movies before this, especially the one we watched, Black Christmas, you never see the villain, actually. Yeah, there's also like Suspiria, which you have absolutely no idea what's going on. Right, based on the movies I've seen, most are building up that suspense of who is the killer, where is the killer towards the end. Here, he's prominent everywhere. Even sending you off, right? Sometimes movies will try to send you off and say... This is the killer. It's obviously this person. And this one, it's like, nah, man, I'm here to kill her. I'm just going to go to a kid's playground. No one's going to notice me. I, that was one thing I, I wrote down a lot. It's like, this, so this guy just walks around in a mask. I the wrote that down too. No Even though it is him. Halloween, an adult man in overalls <laughs> and a mask is noticeable. When the Deadpool movie came out the first time, and I have a Deadpool mask, I was like, just playfully brought my mask with me in hand. And somebody came up to me and said, don't put that on in the theater. I'll kick you out. And I was like, damn, okay. Here, this guy's walking around a neighborhood, broad daylight. I mean, people are like watching. That playground was full of kids right before that scene yeah. when he's walking around the, the perimeter and he's driving the car still and he's got a mask on. No one notices. It's like something that happens throughout the rest of the movie, too. I guess people had a real mind to business <laughs> mentality back in the 70s. I'd or, be creeped out. Or it's just that thing of you see it, you see something creepy in the neighborhood and you're like, should I call the cops? No, someone else probably did. I'm not going to get involved. I'm just going to go home, close my blinds, and cry in the shower. Yeah, mind your business. <laughs> we eventually get introduced to Lori's friends, yeah. Annie and other L-word name girl. Essentially the blonde and the brunette in every horror movie. There's yeah. a blonde, there's a brunette. Yeah, and it's really obvious that the mentality of horror movies and this time is very much the virgin and the slut. Yeah. That, those are the only characters. I think this movie being the first kind of of its genre is going to perpetuate that and perpetuate the final girl trope. And even the friend kind of like pokes fun at uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character and it's like, oh, you're so like involved in your books and you should get out more. And she's <laughs> trying to hook her up with a boy. And she's kind of like, nah, all about her business. I kind of noticed that she dresses very, like, professional in a way. She's got button ups. She's, she's got, got business like, casual yeah. going on, yeah. I was like, is that common fashion at, at the time? At 18, I don't know how old she's supposed <laughs> to be, but I didn't wear that. 
We also get some scenes where the doctor has found a dead body. But not because it's just in the background. He didn't look that hard. (laughs) Oh, yes. This is where he switches his insane asylum type. He's got the jumpsuit now, finally. Yeah, his iconic jumpsuit because he mugged him. I'm guessing a farmer or a working <laughs> yeah. class man. One thing I'll point out later is that he kills a lot of naked people. And I'm wondering if it's because he's like, I'm too dressed. People no. who have these freedoms, they need to die. Especially when they're having sex. What? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. What's, what, what is that? I mean, the doctor is saying he's just evil. No. I can say that he just hates people who are naked. But he gets naked <laughs> to change. <laughs> <laughs> Not convinced. <laughs> mm. We'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> Yeah, so we get the first scene of all the friends walking together. I don't know what in her head makes her start noticing these odd things. But Well, like we said, he's an adult man walking around with a mask on. <laughs> okay, but like if I walk around my neighborhood here or by my mom's house or wherever and I see a car pass by, I just ignore it. She's like paying attention to this car. Well, they claim it's a friend or something. She thought it was a friend because yeah. she's like, he's just driving slow. But even for them to have noticed the car, I feel like people just keep walking, don't notice the I car. I don't know. It's the suburbs. I feel like people notice everything. Mm, you're right. You got to have a neighborhood watch. Mm-hmm. That's right. They're conditioned to see and feel who's an outsider. You think so? Not enough to notice a man with a mask on, though, <laughs> and call the cops. I mean, he's from there, so it's fine. Oh, that's right. It's fine. Wait, is he from Haddonfield? Yes, he goes back oh, to his right. hometown. that's right. The Myers house is there. So then where did it take him? To an, an asylum. It's Somewhere completely else in Indiana. The movie progresses pretty much how these all do. The babysitter starts her night. I like how all three friends pick babysitting jobs. Across the street from each other? Next to each other. Like, you can plan that. Like, you know all these families go out on dates this night and need babysitters. For real? Where did the families go? They went to that gym party in that one movie. Is it Halloween Town? When all the parents are at that gym party? Is it Halloween Town? No. Hocus Pocus you're thinking of? Is it Hocus Pocus? Yeah, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, Hocus Pocus and all the parents. So I guess the premise is that all the adults are going to go party on Halloween night. At school, while the kids are at home. That's a different movie, okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so then a friend pokes fun at Lori. She's like, there's a man in a jumpsuit and a mask. I think he wants your digits. You should go give them to him. Shout out to being like a scene that is turned into a meme, too. Is it? Yeah, it's super used, like him behind the oh, hedges. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and then she goes and pretends that he's talking to her. Lori's intrigued. She's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to be alone on Halloween. Let me go talk to this guy. Yeah, and he's that... like, you know what? No, I'll see you later. It's cool. That's totally what is happening in her mind, I'm sure. <laughs> That's what's happening in Mike's mind. He's like, I'll see you at home. I think the one time they're driving is when her friend picks her up and they're smoking in the car. And then she's like, oh, my God, we got to put our cigarettes away. My dad's going to see us. And she pulls over. Our marijuana cigarettes away. (laughs) Annie's dad is the sheriff or something. And he's like, oh, they've stolen conveniently a mask, some knives, some ropes. And he says it so casually. It's like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. The cop in this neighborhood is like very like negligent to what's going on because the doctor's like, nah, bro. He's just casual about everything. Just go home. It's cool. I'll get them. And the cop's like, I got my boys out here for some ghost you keep talking about that nobody's ever seen. And it's like, well, it's because nobody's calling the cops on this masked man just walking around the neighborhood. It's fine. And we're all listening to this crazy doctor who hasn't given any evidence for this actually happening. Yeah, I don't exactly blame anyone not believing him. (laughs) He has a habit of appearing casually where everything you know in a time where like the internet's not really a thing how do you know where everyone is yeah he just keeps showing up and it's like (laughs) but also don't because you're like super late 
<laughs> he's like, Michael's around here somewhere. I can feel his evil energy through the internet that doesn't exist. You just vibe with someone so strong. You know where they are at all times. <laughs> I think we're supposed to gather that he like has worked with him for 15 years, so he knows him like the back of his head. He can something. think like him. Yes. He's put himself in the shoes of Michael and is now Michael 2.0. So should we be scared of the doctor? I mean... He's got a gun. I mean, the, at no point do I ever feel like I can trust the doctor either. He seems insane. He just seems intense. Where was the part where maybe a skunk killed the dog? Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah, so it's after, <laughs> speaking of skunk killing a dog, our dog just licked the table. Mm. He's just killed this table. He loves wood. <laughs> what? He tastes the wood, yeah. Apparently dogs love ch- chewing on wood. Oh. Our friend's dog just told, or uh, our friend told us that his dog just chewed on their, like, wood rails, so. That's not fun. No. No, he's also upset that we're doing this and, and not, not paying attention, paying attention to him, to him. yeah <laughs> he's, he's a spoiled child he is he's been like circling like when are you gonna feed me it's not even dinner time though. no but he thinks it is since we're sitting at the table <laughs> 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 i'm sorry um, but yeah so there's a scene i think when yeah is it the cop and the doctor when they're walking around looking at this they go house. to the myers yes. house they're looking at the myers house they go in there and they see the dead dog i didn't know that it was a dog you, you it's casually it mentioned it's not shown yeah and he's like i guess he got hungry and i'm like cool the casualness of just eating animals alive obviously makes you crazy no i thought it was implied that the skunk killed the dog no he's saying michael ate the dog and then the police officer's like what if a skunk did it which i did not know skunks could kill dogs and eat them i don't know but they just sprayed i did too kill things not according to tail. this cop who clearly knows what he's doing but yeah, the doctor is real determined to keep exploring Mike's past, and he's like, okay, cool. He probably went to the house. He probably ate this dog because Michael eats dogs for some. He hates dogs. He kills a dog again later. Oh, yeah, he upsetting. does. Loki did not like that. Loki's our dog's name, by the way. Yeah, Loki was not impressed. He was definitely not having the dog killing. You sure it's not because he just saw another dog on TV? <laughs> it was going crazy. No, he felt the energy from the dog and was like, this man's crazy. I hate this movie. So the doctor's real determined, and I feel like he's very, like, almost paranoid about Michael. I don't know. I personally feel like maybe he has some sort of personal vendetta. Vendetta or, like, resentment against Michael, right? It's this thing of, like, he's my failed patient, and now I'm paranoid that he's my responsibility. Oh, I think it's more of that. It's, it's his responsibility, and he knows what he's capable of. Yeah. I think later, um, I don't know if it's in the scene where they're touring the house, but he's like, I've watched him plan this for 15 years. <laughs> Staring at a wall or something. But if that's really, like, I mean, if he's really that determined, why wouldn't he have done more to, like... He tried. He escaped. <laughs> You're really coming down hard on this doctor. And I, don't I think know. he's not the main focus the of the movie. I think the doctor let Michael out. You know what? I think the doctor's a killer. <laughs> yes. So, we get to the night where they're actually babysitting. The nighttime. And Lori is by herself, doing the best she can, babysitting this kid. And her friend Annie is babysitting a kid named Lindsay, who... I've noticed gives no fucks about her. Oh, no. Every time she yells Lindsay, Lindsay, cut to, is staring at the TV. Yeah. She's over there having a whole crisis where she spills butter on herself, which requires her to get naked in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. This whole time I was I, thought I was thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis because the kid's also kind of like distraught by the TV. Oh, the kid's not distraught, distraught by the boogeyman. Yeah, he's distraught by the boogeyman. He's like trying to chill out. He's freaking Laurie out. Yeah, you're right. The the one friend gets completely naked in someone else's house, takes a shirt. Takes somebody else's clothes and then does laundry. 
Which is not, like, if I spilled butter on myself, I don't know if that would be my course of action, but okay. Yeah, I mean, you're in, a, their own. you're in the kid's house, what's the kid's gonna say? Nothing, because the kid doesn't give a fuck about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess this is, what if, uh, what if, like, when they created Halloween 3, uh, Season of the Witch, they were like, you know that one scene where Annie is just watching TV and being mind-controlled, or, like, just brainwashed by no, the TV? No, possible. The- what if they're like, you know what, of all the things in Halloween 1... Let's just take this part. Let's take this one insignificant <laughs> scene and make a whole movie out of it. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. So Annie is the friend, right? And Lindsay's the girl. And so she strips in the kitchen. So obviously she must die. Michael's like, oh, I smell naked. It's time to go find whoever's naked. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I smell naked. <laughs> Ew. But yes, she's having a whole show. I think this is really funny. She's like stuck out a window and it's building suspense and the dog's barking at her. But like. Why was she stuck out the window again? She, Michael had locked her in the. Oh, that's right. The washing room. And uh, Lindsay comes into the, the laundry yeah. shed or whatever it is. It's like separate from the house for some yeah. reason. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, can you help me get unstuck? And it's like her just her one foot's like stuck in that shelf. And she's just like <laughs> she's lightly scratched. moves her and she's fine. <laughs> Drama queen. Yeah. It essentially goes to Annie wanting to pick up her boyfriend. Mm. So she leaves Lindsay. Paul. Yes. Who we never see. I, no. <laughs> we only hear his voice on one phone call. Annie is trying to convince Lori to take care of Lindsay mm-hmm. so that she, she can, can go, go hang out with Paul. Paul. And she's like, it's all right. I'll put in a good word with his friend and get you hooked up too. So she drops off. The opposite, actually. Isn't it that? No. Lori confided in Annie that she liked someone. So Annie called this someone and set them up on a date. And then mm. Lori's like, just kidding. I don't want that. And then goes... And is like, I'll babysit Lindsay if you cancel that date because I changed my mind. Because she's the shy girl and the good girl. She'd never go on a date. And she's in business cash. She can't go on a date. Yeah, you can't go on a date in business (laughs) casual. Come on now. But right after this is when she goes and she drops off Lindsay at Lori's house because Lori's like, nah, man, I'm not going. Yeah, so Annie drops her off and then is like, I'm going to go pick up Paul. She's singing a song about Paul. Which is interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then um, she forgets her keys. She comes back to the car and turns it on. And there's Michael in the backseat struggling. Also. Oh, that's right. I like to point out that she has not put on pants at all. No. And it's probably cold because this is fucking Illinois. On Halloween. In uh, October. It snowed here once. Yeah, like Halloween. two years ago. <laughs> yeah. So. Global warming makes mm, it colder. I've never been so warm that I forgot to put on pants. some form of bottoms. She's like this dress shirt that I stole from the parents of Lindsay is just long enough to not merit pants. I know, right? <laughs> it's just for the sex appeal of it. Point is, she gets in the car and there's Michael in the back seat strangling her for like the longest time. Yeah, did you notice how like she looks at the at the camera as she dies? She crosses her eyes and is like, nah. They probably told her to do that. <laughs> I noticed more that he cuts her in a way that I don't believe would. It's it's crazy to watch these movies now because like if movies at the time it was day. edgy and yeah. probably like a lot like too much. But I'm watching it now. That's what I was going to say. He cuts her at the side of the neck. I'm like, I don't think that would kill her. Cut her right in the jugular. Yes, it's across the neck, which we do see in movies later on. You don't even see blood in this scene, which is interesting. Like, it wasn't gory yeah, to no, be scary. Uh, the next episode is going to be Friday the 13th. But, like, in that one scene where you see the girl get killed through the bunk bed, like, just immediately, like, bloody and whatever. And, yeah, I guess you, that's a good point. There's no blood in the car. Even when he puts her body out later in the scene with uh, with the tombstone, there's no blood on 
Connor, really. Yeah. Not, not that I can recall. Not really. And then I guess we can cut to the friends that come in. Yeah. The other the blonde other mm-hmm. and Bob. Uh, let's take a pause for that. Maybe we heard it wrong. Maybe not, but slight pedophilia joke. Yeah, uh, I'm bad with names, but there was this one scene we had to pause and go back because they're in the car. They're like, make it out. And then they make this joke about going in and the girl's like, Annie got... Is uh, going to distract Lindsay. Is going to distract the child. Lindsay. Lindsay's the, gr- the, the little kid yes. and Annie's the adult, the teenager. Right. And he's like, Annie's going to distract Lindsay and we'll go in there. You'll get undressed. I'll get undressed and then Lindsay will get undressed. And we were, took a pause because we're like, did he mean Annie? Did he yeah. mean, did this actor get his words, his script wrong? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Was this funny at the time? Mm, Might have just been a mistake. I mean, let's hope it was a mistake. I'm, uh, you know what? I'm going to give it the benefit out of the doubt and say it was a mistake because that's gross. Or we have the names backwards. But I'm pretty Truly, sure we were Lindsay's just a little way good. off. So they come in again. Is this just what you do in the 70s? You get a babysitting job just so you could bone your boyfriend? Yeah, they go to... This dude literally has a van. (laughs) (laughs) You can figure it out there. Yeah, they go to this house where Annie is supposed to be with the kid. And they're like, let's go do it at the house Some random person's house that we don't know. No, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, this this van is huge. It's like one of those, uh, what do they call it, astrovans? It's of that size. Yeah, it's a huge van. So it's like, meh. But I guess, you know, if they're tired of doing it in the car, they're like, well, Annie's got the the whole house to herself. Let's just do it. And then they go and choose to just do it in someone's bed. That's the crazier part is that they're like, let's just go do it in the bedroom. Right, or like people not going to notice. Do you have to (laughs) clean so much afterwards? They don't find Annie or Lindsay in the house. So they're just like, eh, it's fine. Let's just keep going. Yeah, it's fine. Again, you find an empty house and you're like, let's just go for it. I mean, the phone literally rings and this guy's like, answer it. I need to answer (laughs) it because it's distracting me. We had Um, a lot of questions. It's cool how like throughout the movie you hear the phone ringing and you're always thinking it's Michael, right? And the heavy breathing. He does it later too with Lori where he's like... He does it throughout. Just breathing. Do you love how you can hear our dogs, our dog walking across the blinds back and forth? Like he knows, (laughs) like he knows it's going to come up on audio. He wants to be a part of this. Yeah. So the phone keeps ringing and it's, it's interesting that like this is a thing that happens throughout the movie. And it's something that sticks, I think, throughout horror in general. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say that this is the first time it's used in well, this Well, it's way. a very popular urban legend, right? The the killer's calling from inside the house mm-hmm. type of trope. It's in Black Christmas. Yeah. Literally, the whole movie is Black in Black Christmas. Black Christmas is literally the, the legend ring. of the callers coming from inside the house. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this movie that came out in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Yeah, we'll touch on that one at some point, too. It's pretty good. I want to circle back to what you said about Michael just hating naked people. <laughs> See, I told you. I told you there's a point. He there is. It will, but we weren't there yet. We're here now. Again, this perpe- perpetuates that the slut in the movie dies. Mm-hmm. The virgin lives. The final girl. I wonder if they, like, accidentally hit something in like nailed it on the head or if, like, this research already existed mm-hmm. at the time. Part of what makes... Again, I'm not researched. Probably look this up yourself or spend hours listening to murder podcasts. <laughs> but what, a common thing is what makes a serial killer motivated to do what he do is to be sexually motivated. Like in his developmental years, he mixed up sex and violence, which mm. is kind of what we see in the beginning of the scene where he's violent towards his sister that was sexual. Or is this like a call to where he rep- repress sexuality and like it's 
easier to talk about murder. Yeah, I mean, I repressed. I guess in my understanding, of repressed sexuality though. Like, what at what point does like was it six years old, right? He was six. When he's six, is he like thinking? I guess what could have happened to him that have made this be a thing that that was going on, right, with him? Because it's but it's like he's just movie... trick or treating. He goes into his sister's room. He's like, this is this happening. Is happening. I hate it. I'm gonna kill it. Hate it. <laughs> hate it. I'm gonna kill it. Not a fan. Yeah, you know, I don't know, or is it a play on the id, right? Of like he just had like this guy, this yeah, doctor, kind of where I was seem, going. This doctor's trying to make it seem like he is just just evil. evil. He's not human. He's not human. I mean, he implies he's not even human, which we will talk about later because he has some great scenes to prove that he is not human, <laughs> or like on a whole another level of human. Yeah. Also, creepy doctor just walking around the house. And the, the neighborhood. We get it. You hate the doctor. Doctor sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about this friend, this other blonde friend. Oh, my God. We need to look up her name because <laughs> it's the blonde friend and Bob. Oh, uh, so with the, sorry, going back to the room and the phone. When they're in the room, there's a, a jack-o'-lantern. And we pointed out that, like, every time that there's a, a scene where Michael is approaching or where there's a murder about to happen in the movie... There's a jack-o'-lantern somewhere in the scene, either right before, during, or after, you know, that happens, right? So, in a way, is, his, is the jack-o'-lantern his calling card? Also, I love the thought of, like... It is, though. Just, it like, shows up. He's just, like, pumpkins, chilling <laughs> in the background while these other scenes are happening. And he's like, let me put this candle here. And just, like, set up the scene. I think we called, called that out a little bit later, too, is that he's yeah. just, like, kind of roaming the background, just figuring out how to, like, so set again, things up. So, again, for right? someone who has been locked away for 15 years, he has his calling card a pumpkin that he leaves at every murder scene yeah figured out and he's learned to orchestrate elaborate murder scenes mm. with the tombstone and laying out of annie i'm still looking for this girl's name yeah linda linda yeah loving the idea that mike's just walking around carving pumpkins setting up this calling leaving card. his calling card yeah he's just setting up these elaborate setups for people to show up right and, and it's funny because like the people actually go to where he predicts they're gonna be i mean he was in the room waiting for the the couple to go in there like he knew which bedroom they were gonna go and do it you know <laughs> it's just all knowing i mean is he psychic does he or he just i mean i guess he just watches from far away <laughs> i think that's the what we're supposed to take away yeah so we get the scene where bob and linda oh my god bob and linda yeah <laughs> bob's burgers but bob and linda have just done their thing and she asks for a beer and he goes to the kitchen again you're in a stranger's house and you're just gonna go grab their beer <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna know i don't know maybe it's a suburban thing maybe it's a certain culture thing but i know that if i had friends over my parents are there watching every single thing we're doing they're not leaving but the house no they're the babysitters they I, don't even know even the babysitters there. they'd be like do they drink i'm not putting them in this house i'm not putting beers in the house i'm not putting beers in the house they come into people's houses and just drink everything i've seen the <laughs> movies so we have um the scene where michael kills Bob, which I have an issue with because, again, I don't think this would have killed him. He, oh, you're talking about the uh, stabbing? He pins him to a wall. I don't think it would have killed him that quickly because he, like, literally puts the knife on in him and then his eyes go black and then, you know, he's dead. Yeah. Again, there's no blood. No. Uh, second, I don't know if this small knife, even though you say it's huge. It's not small. It's strong enough to pin him to a wall. Um, and he would bleed out for a long time. Yeah, I guess there is no, like, obvious bleeding in that scene either. Now that I think yeah. about it, like it doesn't drip or anything like that. It's just like he's stabbed and he's impaled on this wall with his foot and a half sword, <laughs> sword knife. 
<laughs> and then he goes back up for Linda. And I think we both pointed out at this point, does he have a sense of humor? Because yeah. he grabs Bob's glasses and puts on a sheet. And he's just standing there and is like... And she's getting mad. <laughs> and, I don't know. The fact that he like does this ghost, the little ghost costume later on with the tombstone thing, it has to mean he's got some sort of... You know, the doctor's trying to make it seem like he's not human. But that gives him like... Personality. Personality, you know? <laughs> it doesn't say much ever other than heavy breathing, but... He's got a personality, you know? It, it kind of grounds him as like, is he really crazy though? Or is he just doing this for fun, you know? Is he crazy though or just killing for fun? We've been there. Everyone's been there. <laughs> Everyone's had their crazy hobbies. Save me. So eventually Lori's like, yo, where are my friends? I haven't heard from them in a while. And you know, when you're babysitting, you got to hear from your friends. Yeah, leave the kids at home by themselves. So she walks across the street in the climactic titular part of this movie yeah it takes a pretty long time to get yeah it takes a while to again because there's no like that build-up of suspense of who's the killer you you know people are getting killed constantly and you're you're like when is this gonna culminate Mm. so we finally have her going over into the house everything seems normal and I don't know the exact scene where she finally runs into him. Do you remember? So there's a part where she's walking around and... Uh, oh, she walks in on the murder. Yeah, she the walks in around. staged murder. Yeah, yes. she's walking around and I'm assuming he's waiting upstairs because he basically takes everybody's body who he's killed. He staged everyone's point. body. Yeah. Here. And like every time she like falls into a corner or like turns around, boom, there's another Again, body. Again, he orchestrates this whole thing because he knows where she's going to fall. He like <laughs> he she opens the one door and she and like her friend uh, I think it was Linda is is in the room is in the door mm-hmm. and then uh, Annie's body's on the bed with the tombstone mm-hmm. his sister's tombstone yeah and I guess this is the point where we find out there's some sort of correlation between Lori and Michael where they're no. like related no it's that's not we, clear that's not it is clear up. well we who know I think you're you think it's clear because we're we know we grew up. Where the movies were all already out. And yeah. so it was like, this is the clear storyline. But I think if you were watching these movies... At the time. At the time, you would call bullshit on the second movie. You're like, this mm. was not implied at all. Yeah. He just targeted her because he targeted her. She went to the Myers house to drop off the key in the beginning. That's true. And he saw her and he's like, boom, gonna go crazy with this one. So he orchestrates this whole thing where the bodies are all laying around. She falls into everything, and she starts to actually see what's been going on this whole time, what she's been, like, worried about, right? And Again, you've seen this dude, like, so many times, though, and you're, like, now just getting suspicious. I don't understand that if she's seen this dude, and the kid's also, like, the boogeyman's here, why she's, like, discrediting him. But mm-hmm. point is, she sees this crazy scene. She tries to run downstairs and open the door. The rake is clearly in the door, stopping her from opening it, and she struggles with it for, like, 20 minutes. The rake? The rake, yes. There is, she runs downstairs trying to escape. Wait, but, clear but, before, but before she's trying to escape, don't forget that, like, he... He, she's like standing at the top of the stairs, and he oh, no, okay. So he slashes her in a way that like he clearly misses. Almost, yeah, like almost purposely misses her because like he just yeah he like comes out of nowhere and slashes and, like she has no idea where he is you know so like he purposely misses her maybe he's just like into it he's into playing with his he's like, built prey. this yeah he's like there's still more more playtime to do the you know. Well, you don't build a with. calling card and stage a murder and just end it all so quickly. <laughs> it's a lot of work. So there's clearly this rake in the door that she just 
waits till the very end to smash the window to get out. And she runs back across the street to where she's babysitting the kids. We get the wide shot of the house. And I was thinking about this earlier uh, when we were watching it, like how he he's just standing in front of the house. He even like uh, when when he kills Annie, I believe the the one that was in the car. Oh yeah, he just walks into the house with her just body. Slow, in he's... broad daylight. <laughs> it wasn't. Knows. It wasn't broad daylight yet, but like it was. I think the still too it's early still in the night. Like you and can he see just what's like going on. Yeah, from the back. The kid saw him from the backyard, scaring her. Just walking slow. I mean, Mike's just like so chilled. He's, he's just like no one. He's the no iconic slow walker. Yeah, he's like no one's gonna care. It's fine. They won't notice. So he's chasing her into the house. She's banging on other people's doors, but they won't open. Yeah, there's that one family that, like, doesn't even try. They, like, turn on the lights to peek out, and they're like, mm, no. <laughs> Goodbye. Smart family. Do not blame them. Well, that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what you were saying. Of, of People are like, I'm not, not going to get involved. involved. No. Yeah, It's fine. If I try to help, he'll probably follow me, too. So the kid she's babysitting finally opens the door, and she's like, the Pokemon is real. And he's like, what? Like, kid, you've been yelling about him the whole movie. It, it's weird. This whole scene where she gets back to the house and he, he takes his time to open the door for her, for sure. <laughs> um, she, It's kind of like she's in the house and she's like, okay, cool. We're safe. Turn off all the lights. The kids go upstairs and she yells at them. And she just like sits down. She looks out the window kind of. She tries to call the police, but the lines. Have yeah. Been but like after that happens, she's just like. I'm just going to wait it out. And then she notices the window. She notices that the window's open, and she's like, oh, God, he's in the house. She doesn't sit down, does she? She does. Look, she's literally sitting right because now. Because she's noticed the window. Point is, he's already in the house. Yeah. And she stabs him in the neck with a knitting needle. Yeah, I was going to say that with these scenes, it's it's interesting to see her, like, fight him back, you know? Like, with everything. I mean, she's pretty resourceful. Which once she's in the house. gets turned up to, like, a 10 in, like, the latest movies. Yeah. That we can talk about later. But. Yeah. yeah, she uses a knitting needle to, to stab him in the neck. And then she's like, She eh, thinks he's, he's dead. Well, that's what I was going to say, is that there's this thing of, like, he's dead now, walks away, stabs him again somehow. Okay, okay, let's get there. Let's he's get dead there. now, walks away. So she stabs him one time in the neck and walks up to get the kids and is like, It's fine. I've killed him. Here comes Michael also up the stairs. And she's like, oh, no, go into that room. Locks you away. You're safe. And then he pretty much chases her into a closet. She yeah. tries to make it look like she jumped out of the window. That scene's kind of recreated in the new one, too, right? She's in the closet at one point. You know, I haven't seen it since we saw it in theaters. So yeah. we could probably circle back on that when we, we could, watch it again. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I think there's a, there's a closet scene where... A callback? She's in there. Yeah, she's in the closet waiting for him. But, like... It doesn't happen like this, right? In this scene, Michael's, like, shaking the the closet door. He's trying to break it open. Yeah, and uh, Once she... again, resource, resourceful Lori. I think there's even a joke about her being a Girl Scout in this. Um, she j- reaches for a hanger, and I don't know how, like... <laughs> Untwists the hook part. <laughs> and, and just stabs him in the eye. Yeah. I don't know how easy it would be to grab a hanger sitting on the floor. Also, though, if she's that resourceful, I think it's interesting how, like, easy she... Or how easily convinced she is that, like, this one thing... Is what's gonna get him. Is, no, well, has killed him. Because, like, even after the hanger in the eye thing, he falls down, and then he's on the floor, and For, again, like, a long time. Yeah. And again, she, like, is like... It's fine. It's over. But you've finally. already stabbed him in the neck. <laughs> yeah. And that didn't work. You think his eyeball is enough? No, he... 
she grabs his knife because he drops it and she stabs him as well. That's what scene. she does. Yes. Hmm. Because I was like, no, she's not going to think. Just this quick poke to the eye is going to get him. That's true. Yeah, she does stab she him. She picks up his knife and stabs him. And then she's like, cool, it's finally over. She sends the kids out to go get help or whatever. And then showing an amazing amount of core strength, Michael just straight up resurrects <laughs> from the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like a vampire. Yeah, pretty much. And you're at this point as the audience are like, Lori hasn't noticed. What is she going to do? Mm-hmm. And then your favorite character arrives on the scene mm-hmm. and just shoots him. Yeah, he puts in like the whole clip. He's like, I'm just going to make sure all these bullets are in his body. And, well, and Michael's just like dramatically. That's what I was going to point out. A stabbing. One stabbing knocked him out for like a good two, three minutes, but taking three bullets just knocked him back a little bit. Weird. He's like doing a shimmy dance. Yeah. While getting shot at. He finally gets like knocked over that, that balcony though. Falls out the window. Yeah. And the doctor's like, looks over. He's like, oh, it's over. Goes over to see how Lori's doing, kind of. Doesn't really care. And then goes back and looks over and he's like, oh wait, he's gone. He's gone. And he's, you know, as crazy as this doctor's been, this whole movie about like, we need to catch him. He is death. He is evil. I'm going to come into this house and just start unloading guns into people. <laughs> he looks back down at the, at where Michael's body drops and he's like, huh. Well, well, how about that? <laughs> and uh, pretty much, um, okay, so at the end she does say it was the boogie man. To this man that she does not know that no. just came in shooting everybody. It's in the house. Yeah. For real, I didn't even think of that, that she just assumes this guy She's is like, here. it's cool. You just. So what are you, like a cop? And he's like, no, nah, I'm no, just I'm a doctor. doctor. <laughs> That's her final scene. And they're kind of just looking at each other like, fuck. Music plays. Iconic song plays with some heavy breathing. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And then you get a, oh, like a Like a final shot of the, house. Shot of the Meyer house. And then that's it. It's yeah. over. So opinions on this movie? For me? Yes. I like it. Um, Halloween has always been, I think, like my immediate thought when I think of like horror movies. It's that one. It's Friday the 13th. It's Freddy Krueger. It could partly be because like I grew up with, um, not parents, but brothers and sister, a brother and sister who are nine and 12 years older than me. So I was a kid. When I first saw this movie, and uh, to this day, my younger brother, he's only one year younger than me, but this guy is, like, traumatized by this song for some reason, because oh he'll literally God. hear, the, like, the music, and is just like, shut that off. <laughs> siblings did something to him. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, it's funny, too, because, like, they're, you know, Johnny, my older brother, he's, like, he used to be super scared of Freddy Krueger, and, you know, Michael was always iconic, and they were always watching these movies, especially every Halloween, right? So, I don't know, I think it's good. For especially like having been done in 1978, like we said, it's a, it was a low budget movie, and for it being low budget, you know, as much as these movies try nowadays to be impressive, I'm sure that for the time it was, you know, it was huge. It's it's I mean we all know it, right? It has yeah. made an impact because we all know it uh, to this day is like a very popular Halloween classic, right? Yeah, I agree. It's just good, even though it's older. It's one of the first movies, um, again, it's iconic and it pioneered a lot of movies. It pioneered the slasher, like, even though it might have not been the first. I think it changed the genre. And it, I think it's holding up. Sure, there's probably problematic jokes in it. I mean, we, we judged a lot of it, but I mean, that's that just comes with, like, watching any movie and trying to understand why certain scenes work out the way they do, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, when you look at a lot of movies now, I feel like, like you said, a lot of them try to be what those movies were at the time, right? And try to, like... 
kind of play off of those things of you know there's the slasher iconic person who's making phone calls and makes you think you're at every corner i mean even the wide shot thing when i watch horror movies even to this day sometimes i think like a wide shot means the killer's in the background somewhere and that comes from knowing that halloween does that yeah right um same thing with like friday the 13th you you i think they do something similar with jason where he's like around the corner somehow he can teleport because like he's just always there for some reason so what would you rate this movie out of 10 out of 10 wow it's a big scale okay uh i'd say i'd give it like a seven or eight well now people are just gonna say i copied you because i'd also give it an eight (laughs) (laughs) it's great great with an eight great with an eight (laughs) so um so we're going to do a Loki, what Loki's scared of this week segment. Loki is our dog again. He just turned one year old yesterday. He's, he's a growing puppy. This week, Loki was scared of. Well, he didn't like the intro to this song at all. No, he didn't. <laughs> so Loki, do you want to tell us about it? Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week with Friday the 13th. I think it's the next movie. Yeah, Yeah. should be fun. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.